Well, good morning. How is everybody? It's a rainy, beautiful Sunday. Hey, uh, my name is Will Pinnell. If we haven't had the chance to meet yet, we're so excited that you are here to worship with us this morning. Um, I'm excited to bring the word and to dive into God's word together this morning. If you're joining us online, we're glad that you're here to worship with us also. Um, Anyone else had a long week? Long weekend, just a little tired this morning. Rain doesn't help, does it? Was anyone, though, uplifted by worship this morning? Yes. A couple people. Okay, awesome. Awesome. All right, so I don't know if this is unique to us. I would assume some other parents have been there. But we are in this wonderful, he said sarcastically, parenting season where our three-year-old thinks that everything is his and has a complete and total meltdown anytime his sister or dad takes something that he thinks is his. My absolute favorite is when he has a plate of like 10 cheese puffs and he hasn't touched this plate of 10 cheese puffs in like an hour and dad comes and takes one because he hasn't touched this plate of 10 cheese puffs in an hour. I mean, you would think that I took everything he owned and burned it in the backyard. A total meltdown, tears, like big tears pouring out of his eyes. And I'm just sitting here thinking, Graham, you have nine more. Up on top of the fridge is one of the, you, you've seen them at Walmart or Target, right? These ginormous things of cheese puffs, like there's 15,000 cheese puffs in this thing up on the top of the fridge. Like, Graham, there are more. If you eat all these and you want more, you can have more. And if in 30 years from now, we run out of these cheese puffs on top of the fridge, we'll go to Walmart and we'll get another thing of them. It's not that big of a deal. But you would think his whole world was crashing down. We are trying so, so hard to teach him how in this family, we share In this family, like, we look after each other. We're there for each other. Because in this family, like, you have to look out for your sister. We're going to look out for you. Like, there is something special about this family that we're trying to build. And the same could be said about this family and community that we're called to in Scripture. Last week, we started a new sermon series that we've just entitled Cultivating Community. And we started just by looking at how essential community is for our lives, right? And this just isn't a new thing. This isn't just our world today that we live in. But we went back all the way to the beginning of Genesis, to the beginning of the world. And we saw how God exists in himself, within himself, in community. And how he wove the need for community into the fabric of this world as he created the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth and the vegetation and us. And so whether you believe in God or not, we have a deep, deep need for community because God wove it into the fabric of creation, wove it into the fabric of how he created us to be and exist. And we deeply need community around us. And so what we're doing in this, these first few weeks is trying to set a solid, firm foundation for this community. Today, we're going to jump over a few chapters in the book of Genesis, to Genesis chapter 12. So many times when we think of Genesis, we think about the creation story, about the flood story, about those like big stories in the book of Genesis. But Genesis isn't as much about the creation, the origins of the world, as it is about the origins of the nation of Israel. 
the, the creation story, the flood story, the Tower of Babel, that all takes up the first 11 chapters. But beginning here in Genesis chapter 12, through the end of the book, we see really three people highlighted, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We have the start of the nation of Israel, and really Genesis is all about the starting of this nation and this this community that was supposed to be God's chosen people and live in community in this nation. And so in Genesis chapter 12, as God calls Abraham, as he's introduced on the scene here in chapter 12, what I think we will see are some very key foundational aspects of what community is supposed to look like today also. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred to your father's house and the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you the families of all the earth shall be blessed. Now this is a big deal. God comes to Abraham and says, hey, I I want you to leave everything, your homeland, your your, your extended family, your immediate family. I want you to leave everything and and come follow me to this land that I'm going to show you. And this would be a big sacrifice today if if God were to come and say, hey, I want you to leave everything you know around you and and to go and to to follow me to this, this place. But this is a little bit more common today. For the most part, parents don't hate me too much. This is naturally what happens, right? Our kids grow up. They graduate high school somewhere between college, mid-late 20s, right? Somewhere in there, they, they leave. They start their own lives. They get their own place. They have their job, right? This is a natural part of what happens. And in our world today with technology and highways and cars and all these things they didn't have back in Genesis chapter 12, they could go to the next state over. They could go to another part of the country. They could go halfway around the world and have their own adventure. But in Abraham's day, his kids grow up and and they're expected to kind of get married and build a house next door or maybe across the, the courtyard, and, and, but still in this community, right? They're, they're still together. They're not going, but God calls Abraham to leave everything. But what God does not do is say, hey, I want you to leave everything, period. Just do it. I'm just going to tell you to do it. Just, just do it. I'm not going to tell you anything else. Like, just, just do it. God doesn't do that. He says, I, I'm going I'm to show you something great. I actually want to show you a land, and I want you to live in this land. And I'm going to bless you. And blessings, they were a big deal. We're going to get to that in just, just a little bit. But God doesn't say, hey, just leave me. Just, just leave everything and follow me. Just trust me. He says, no, I'm going I'm to lead you to something better. And this would become known as the promised land, right? A land flowing with milk and honey. And, and he paints a picture of what better is to come. And in so, so similar of a way today, um, God calls us to do the same thing. To leave what makes us comfortable, to leave what we know, to leave what is familiar to us for something better. It might not be family. It might not be in the exact same way that God called Abraham to leave but he does call us to leave bad habits, to leave maybe some relationships that are toxic, that are pulling us down and away from him, 
to leave some things in our lives that are not of God, that are not holy, that are not focused on God for something better. And Jesus in the New Testament, he paints a wonderful picture of what this better is. Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Does that not sound wonderful? Anybody had a hard week this week? John chapter 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Anybody need a little peace in this chaotic world? John chapter 15, 11, Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Anybody need a little joy this morning? Jesus quotes from the prophet Isaiah, and we read this in Luke chapter 4. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Does that not sound good? Church, he paints a picture of what he is calling us to. He's not just asking us to leave relationships that might be toxic, that we just feel so attached to, that we just, we just can't break, that we can't leave it. He's not just calling us to leave habits that leave us empty, but we keep going back to it because it feels good, it's comfortable, it's what we know, it's what we're familiar with. No, he paints a picture of something better that he is calling us to. And that doesn't make it easy, right? What we know our life that we've created, that we have cultivated for ourselves, like that's familiar. That's what makes us feel safe because it, we know where the boundaries are. Even the hard things in life, right? They can feel so good because we know we can tackle it. We know we can, we can handle it because we've, we, this, this is what we've existed in for so long. But God is calling us to leave all of that for something better. And here's the amazing truth about it, that when we obey when we obey the calling of God to leave what we have and follow him to something better that he has planned, it leads to God's blessings. God promises to bless Abraham, promises to bless him and make his name great and all these great things that come with a blessing. And, and we, oh man, we, we have butchered this understanding of blessing in our world today. We say bless you when someone sneezes, Right? Do they need a blessing for sneezing? Come on, church. Or my favorite, my favorite is when we're really, we're kind of being mean, but we want to be mean in a holy way. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Bless their heart. Oh, just bless their heart. Man, we like to spiritualize it. We make it sound so good, and we are being so mean. That's not what a blessing is. God promises such rich blessings, and, and, and the blessings take such a variety of forms. Blessings are things, right? We, I, am, I am blessed to have a truck to drive, to have a motorcycle to drive, to have a house to live in. I am blessed with a family, with kids. I am blessed with so much stuff. I'm blessed with a smoker to cook some really good meat on, right? I love it. I am blessed with so much stuff in my life, but also all those things that Jesus promises, joy, peace, 
Those things that, that we can't find in this world, that we can't find in and of our, ourselves, those are blessings from God. When we look over to the fruit of the Spirit, and one of the fruit of the Spirit is patience. That doesn't really sound like a blessing in my life. I'm not a patient person. I'm not really sure I want to be a patient person. Can I just be honest for a minute? That doesn't sound that great. But if it is a fruit of the Spirit, then it is a blessing from God to cultivate patience within me. Any time that I can get away and I can just spend time in the Word of God and it's just me and Him and His Word, there is a blessing from simply being in the presence of God. The problem comes in, church, when we try to find blessings as we define them. Right? We get it, we get it in my mind that if I obey God in this way, then He's going to bless me and we start looking for something. I, I, let me explain it this way. I bet you understand this. Have you ever looked for the mustard in the refrigerator? And you look and you look and you look and it is right there in front of you. Right? You're looking so hard for it. It is, it is right there. And maybe because the last time you looked for the mustard, there was just a little bit left, so it was upside down in this one spot, and you're looking for the mustard in that one spot. You're looking for that small container. It's upside down. Like, you know what you're looking for. What you don't know is that it got used up, and your spouse was amazing and bought a whole new, brand new, full thing of mustard. Doesn't that sound great? Everyone who doesn't like mustard is like, no, that sounds awful. But like, th that's what we do in our lives, right? We, we get this idea of, God, you're going to bless me in this way. And we miss all the blessings that he has poured in on our lives. Right over there is a very nice, as it should be, brand new building going up that is going to be a huge blessing to the school that meets here. It's going to be awesome. It is awesome. If you've not walked through yet, uh, next week where our life groups are going to start meeting in there, they start school Tuesday. Fingers crossed all the things fall in place where they need to. It's going to be great. That is a huge blessing. There are some, some seasons in a school cycle that get energy going that, that we look to and like, God, this is a blessing. And it, it's just like God has shined just a huge spotlight on this building and, and what's happening in this space. You know, back to school is an exciting time. Graduation's an exciting time. And we forget of the faithfulness of a church for decades to build the building where it all started. And some of that was so evident yesterday as, as people came and they cleaned walls and baseboards so we can get ready to paint in here and to freshen up our space in here. And we put all this on hold so that we can make sure that things got done over there so in case they needed to come back over here, they could. And, and, and we, you guys, I've not been here too long, but some of you guys who have been here for decades and have faithfully served and given, that is a blessing that so, over, so often will get overlooked because of the exciting, shiny new thing, which is great, a blessing from God, but we miss the blessings that happen outside of what we're so focused on. And the blessings that we all have of possessions and things around us for sure, let's praise God for those. But there are also so many more blessings of relationships in your life, people in your lives, events that when you went through them, perhaps you did not see it as a blessing, and now 20 years later, maybe it'll take another 10 years, 30 years later, 
you look back and you say, yeah, I don't want to relive that. That was not a blessing. But what came from that, God turned it into a blessing. God showed me something about himself from this. God showed me about something about his church through this. God showed me something and it, it became a deep, deep blessing because of this thing. So church, we, just, we, have to, we have to look a little bit more broadly. We have to look to see where God is blessing us. And, and there are so many blessings all around us. I love what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7. He says, Or which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? Church, he wants to bless us, and he does each and every day. And when we are obedient to what he is calling us to do, it leads to God's blessings. Now, I want to be careful, because what I am not trying to do here is preach this prosperity gospel. Right? This is not just you'll get so many good things you're not going to know. You're going to have a huge bank account and nice cars and nice home. Right? That's not the kind of thing we're talking about because it misses a key, key aspect of the foundation of what God built in the nation of Israel. When we go back to Genesis chapter 12 and God's calling to Abraham, a key part about blessings is that we have God's blessings to share God's blessings. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, God says to Abraham, I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. Right? This isn't just blessings for me to have. This isn't just blessings for me to, to have for my family. And, and oh man, sometimes we are so good about spiritualizing this too. Well, I have to be a good steward of it, right? I have to be a good steward, aka I'm not sure I, sure I can use that for the kingdom of God. Right? I'm not sure I can share this thing that God has blessed me with because I want to be a good blessing. Right? We have been blessed with homes, so we should share that with other people. It's called hospitality. We should have people over to our homes for, for meals. We should have people open over to our homes who may need a place to crash. Oh, no, no, no. But if I have that family over, they have kids, they might break things. That would not be a good steward of what God's given me, Right? Things could end up damaged. We've been blessed with cars. We should let other people borrow our cars or offer rides in our cars because God has blessed us. Yeah, but they need to borrow our car because like they were in a car accident and that was definitely their fault. And what if that happens in my car when they're driving it? And, and that would not be being a good steward of what God's given us. I got to keep miles off of it so it lasts longer because that's being a good steward. And we spiritualize it to such a degree to make it sound so good when really we're not sharing the blessing that God has blessed us with. Developing the fruits of the Spirit even in our own life, of these love, love, joy, peace, patience. Right? How many times does God develop those blessings in my life and then someone comes across my path who's having a bad day? then I get to share that blessing with other people. Church, I get so frustrated when my son has 10 cheese puffs on his plate and I take one of them. And yet I had this moment this week as, as that happened. And I'm working on this message that I think, man, how many times am I my son that God uses something that I have that he's given me and he's over here like, 
do you not see all these cheese puffs on top of the fridge, Will? Psalm 50, verse 10, God says, For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. He's staring out there looking at the, at the, at the hills. I'm like, Will, do you, do you not see? Do you not see that if I use a little bit of what I already gave you, that I have so much more? That I have so much more I can give you? Like, it, it, if those thousand cows on a thousand hills runs out, like, there's another thousand hills. We keep on going. Like, dirt's not going to run out. And how many times do I just pitch a fit and I am just not hearing what he is saying? We have been given God's blessings so that we can be a blessing to others. I know this is not easy. I know this is a rather hard and difficult thing to do. This is what he's charged us with. In Hebrews chapter 11, Abraham's name comes up again. Verses 8 and 9 of Hebrews 11, it says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And when he went out, not knowing where he was going, by faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. See, God painted a picture of what something better was to come, but he didn't tell him where it was. He didn't tell him the path they would have to take to get there. He, he didn't tell him about the journey that was going to come and what God was going to do to his soul and his spirit, his character, in the meantime as he took him to this place that was so much better. And in a similar way, church, as he asks us to leave what we know to follow him, he paints a picture of something better. But he's not going to tell us how we're going to get there. And by faith, we have to take a step and another step after that. Hebrews 11 continues and goes on through a whole lot of people in the Old Testament who did great things by faith. And by faith, lists a whole lot of men and women who, who stepped out and trusted God and by faith trusted what he told them to do. And at the very end though, in verse 39, the author says, and all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Abraham saw this land, right? Jacob saw this land. Isaac saw this land, but there is a deeper promise here. There is a, a better promise than even what Abraham understood at the time that God was doing. And he never saw the fruition of that. This church is the fruition of that promise. God coming to earth, sending his son to this world, dying on a cross. That is the fulfillment of that promise that they never saw, that we get to live in that promise. That's the promise, right? God, God promises us Jesus, those passages we read, that Jesus promises us joy and peace, a light burden, an easy yoke, right? They are fulfilled in Jesus. That when we leave our old life and follow him as disciples of Christ, 
all those things are found in him. They're not found in this world. They're not found in what I can do and what I can accomplish. They're found in the life that comes from the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I don't know where you're at in your faith right now. I don't know what in your world is hard. I don't know what, as I've been talking, the Spirit has laid on your heart that he is trying to pull you away from so that you follow him to something better. But the way to do that is through Jesus Christ. Through his death, through his resurrection. He shared the blessing of God with us and it is our job to take that blessing to brothers and sisters in Christ in this room and to an unbelieving world to tell them about an unbelievable love of the Father. And so at this point, we're going to pause to say thank you to remember Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross as we take communion as a church family together. Hopefully on the way in, you, you got a communion cup, church online. I hope that you have something in this moment, some piece of bread or something that can symbolize the body of Christ broken for us and juice to remember the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. And three days later, he came back to life and defeated death once and for all so that we can be in relationship with him. So I'm going to pray for us, and I'm just going to pray that God is speaking to your heart in this moment and, and, and laying something on your heart of what he's asking you to leave. It might be a relationship. It might be an addiction. It might be a habit. It might be pride, arrogance. It might be a characteristic within us, but, but what is he pulling us away from and calling us to something better? If you'd like someone to pray with you, I'm going to be down here. There'll be other people from our prayer team around. And I just want to encourage you to come find us, and we would love to pray with you in this time. Father God, we are so grateful for your love and your compassion. God, we're so grateful for sending your son to this world, the greatest blessing you could ever give us. And God, I pray that as you call us to leave what is familiar and what is comfortable, God, I pray, I pray that we're able to take a step of faith to leave what we're familiar with for something better. And God, in the process, may we share the blessings that you've given us with other people. Lord, we love you. It's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen.